Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia. Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. If you had to bet on Alex Van Pelt or Cliff Kingsbury, who will have more success? Don't forget to factor in that Cliff Kingsbury, a man of fun times and beautiful people and all that, is going to be in Vegas. That's different than being placed in, uh, I don't know, some remote Green Bay. So that might factor into things. Who who would you pick if you had to say who's going to have more success of those two people? Uh, Van Pelt in New England or Kingsbury in, in Las Vegas? I would say basically um, Kingsbury because I think he's got better better material to work with. I mean, you, you know, I don't know. That, I mean, who's what's the guy's name? Aiden O'Connell or what's their quarterback era? Is that his name? Yep. You know, I don't know that he's great, but he's better than Bailey Zavappi or whatever the hell his name is, and the other guy, Mac Jones. Um, and I think that the, I think that I think the Raiders are a better team than the Patriots. No, they are. They are right now. So I think Cliff Kingsbury, if he can bring you know his passing game, I tell you one of the stupidest things I, I've heard. There's a lot of criticisms of Kingsbury you can have, right? The one that I think is the dumbest ever is he has he he had. He had uh, Pat Mahomes at Texas Tech and had a losing record. Right. What does that have to do with the price of tea in China? Because there's, you know, you're the head coach. You've got a, you've got offense and defense. Number one. Number two. Patrick Mahomes was great in 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 in, uh, in college. Every other team in the Big Twelve at that time, and Baker Mayfield, right, and Mason Rudolph, scoring seventy they, points they, a they, game. Yeah, they were all doing that. So, and 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 here's the other thing: like you're Texas Tech in that league, and back then that league was loaded. That's when Baylor was good. I mean, what what are we talking about here? No, I'm with you. Uh, The thing with both of those guys, the similarities here are, if you're a smart head coach, if you're Antonio Pierce or if you're Gerard Mayo, you just go like this to both of those guys. And look, I think this is where probably Kingsbury can handle it better than Van Pelt. But, Paul, if you're one of those two head coaches, you go, here are the keys, here's half the building, you take care of it. I don't even need to know, like, because both those right. other guys are defensive guys, right. the head coaches. Right. That has to be the best way to handle both of those guys. If they fail, they fail. But you don't need to meddle in the offense as Antonio Pierce or Gerard Mayo. You just you better entrust that that offensive coordinator is running half of your outfit, right? Fully, you have to. Uh, and I think that's the key. Is to me. Cliff Kingsbury, whatever you think about what he did in Arizona, he's got experience. Yes. I think the other thing is about Alex Van Pelt, I mean, he's bounced around a lot. And he's never really called plays except the one half year in Buffalo and, when there was a, a firing. He hasn't really called plays. I think the other thing is his offenses that he's been involved with have never been really overwhelmingly great. I don't know. I think I think if it's going to work in, in with the, the Raiders, because, you know, the other thing is the Raiders hired – uh, is their assistant head coach Marvin Lewis? I mean, they they're adding good good coaches to their staff. Yeah, I think the Raiders might end up being good. Four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero. The legend, my man. Hi, legend. Gentlemen, I'm driving home from work, and uh, wow, Colin, you brought you brought up a, a beautiful topic about those kids, uh, which which you saw. And I tell you what, uh, growing up in McKee's Rocks, great memories of, of playing those games and. We had a little schoolyard. We went up at 9 o'clock in the morning, come home for lunch, and, you, and your parents didn't worry about you. You went back, you come home for dinner, and when the streetlights came on, you went home. And that's what, uh, you know, growing up was all about. 
Yeah, it was great to see it this morning. You know, and I'm up most mornings pretty early, and I'm at, my kids are in junior high, so they're different. They're not going to be ones to be. They they mess around at the bus stop just a little bit, but not as much as the elementary kids. But it was great to see. I like it. Brought me back. Yeah, and absolutely. That 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 would have been cool. It it it, ju- it just did. And again, I remember stopping at the 13th Street Courts, putting our backpacks down, and playing full on five on five basketball. Before we went to school, and you'd go in with a full like. Here's the other part: we had. We, I went to a small Catholic school, St. Mary's. It's closed down now. We played in dock sides. We didn't have. Yeah, there we, you go. we didn't have. We had hard shoes on. Remember we had, when? People, remember when? Like those shoes, everybody wore those. Guys. Yes, those were dress shoes. Those were the dress shoes everybody wore. Yes, we, we didn't play in tennis shoes. You weren't right, allowed right. to wear tennis shoes. We played in dock sides and khaki pants. And, and a collared shirt. And that's what we did. Or a golf shirt in the summer. And when it was cold, a button-up shirt. Anyway, 412-928-9370. So the, St- the Steelers. The Penguins are honoring Yar- Yarmir Yager, 16th through the 18th. That weekend for Yager. It's coming up in short order. It's a couple weeks from right now. Yager will, and talking about memories, um, Yager will regale us with stories of before. People say that was my favorite player back then. We'll all remember the back-to-back cup years and all of that. And he'll he'll conjure up a bunch of memories for people who say that was my guy. Sixty eight <laughs> was my man. Who was your favorite guy growing up? Because like Bonds was like my guy, right? Bonds was our for me. And we you have to remember when Paul and I grew up, there was no internet coverage. No. You kind of had to go to games. You had to watch the six o'clock or the eleven o'clock news, and you got the daily newspaper. That was it. There was no internet growing up. Bonds was mine uh, for a lot of reasons because. He brought winning here, so and he was how, great. So how old would you have been back then? I was born at the last couple of weeks of 1976. Okay. So, you know, Bonds was here. So you'd have been about 12. 12, 12 and then on through, you know, right in yeah. those real important years. Who was your guy? Franco. Yeah? Franco Harris. I, I mean, I, I, I've talked about him many times. He was like, you know, he was when my, you know, I was adopted, obviously. I'm half Italian, half black. He was like the guy that my parents that adopted me sort of used as, hey, here's a role model that shows, you know, if you're, you're, uh, you know, ha- you know, uh, uh, biracial, here's a, here's, here's a role model for you that shows you you can be anything you want to be in life. So Franco was my first hero. There weren't a whole lot of dudes that looked like Paul Zeiss no, on TV. But, but Franco was my right. first hero for that reason. It was like, hey man, this is the, this is the guy that looks like me. And then sort of he was one. And then Did you get to tell him that while he was yeah, alive? Yeah, yeah. We, we had a discussion about it. It was very, really, really pretty cool. And the thing I liked about him is he really appreciated things like that. Like, you know, like he's a guy that everybody wanted a piece of all the time. because. But he always would, if you talk to him, he would take time to stand, you know, to stand and talk with you a little bit. And actually, you know, and, and we, we kind of got into it. And he, it was kind of interesting. I talked to him, too, one time. About his interest. Did you ever see that thing where he was he, he was involved with the Crawford Grow Up in the Hill District? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I had a, I had a real nice conversation with him about that one time. But he was one, and one A was uh, Willie Stargell. Yeah. I mean, you know, so during football season it was Franco, but during baseball season, especially we played wiffle ball every day. Everybody did that thing, you know, where we the windmill tried, with yeah, the bat, right? The, yeah, exactly. See, I lived in a time, which was weird for me, which people can attest to. We were, like, when we were 12, 13 years old and in through there, Steelers stunk. Like, they were bad. Like, I lived through Blackledge and Steve Bono and Buzzy, Bubby Brister and 
and Merrill Hodge and Ernest Jackson and Frank Pollard and Dwight Stone. And like when, when we were 12 years old, like you think of your fandom and the belt buckle and the epicenter of your fandom is like 12 years old. Right. Lewis Lips was their best player a lot of times for a couple years. Lewis Lips. Like he was. That was that was their best guy. They didn't have you, a, they didn't have a ton of you're right. They did not have a ton of other guys like like their, maybe like you know uh, quite honestly, like Thomas Everett was one of their best players for a couple Thomas years. Thomas Everett, there's a name. It, it, if you really measured against the, the yeah. league, no no question for a couple years Gary Anderson was their best player. Gary Anderson. And it, and it, then they of course, you know, the toughest thing about the 80s that you, you started out with a, a hobbled and broken down Bradshaw. Then you went to Stout. Right. Then you had Malone. So the Steelers were, while you watch the games every week, like they weren't, they weren't great. There was a young Woodson, you know, and you knew yeah. he was going to be good. But he wasn't better than Thomas Everett at first. And you had Dalton Hall that was just knocking the hell <laughs> out of people. Dalton Hall. Right? And people, and, but you, you had. Know, here's the funny thing. I used to play, so I used to work, uh, I used to work at the uh, downtown YMCA, which is uh -huh. now. Which is now Point Park's basically Point Park bought it and made it their rec center and stuff, but uh, Belton Delton Hall would come for uh, <laughs> he would come to uh, lunchtime basketball. Jeez, and, yeah, he would. And so you're up there, you know, playing with guys like you. Remember, what was his name? Jack Churkin was that the old attorney? Guys like that, right? Chuck Cooper, guys like that, you know, that were there basically for the you know they work you know and then they'd go there and play you know an hour and a half of basketball lunchtime so Preston go, Gothard those kind of guys you yeah. know lawyers and you know they would be uh, some uh, judges and whatnot they would be down there in Belton Delton Hall uh, and invariably about once a week I'd have to go up there and we'd have to like break up a fight because he was ready to fight people like he, he was playing for blood and he was playing to win <laughs> he didn't care and and then you had all these guys and they were all like hey, I got a chance to show that I can. I can compete against the Steeler. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go after him. You know, I'm right, gonna, I'm gonna go take the title. I'm right? gonna go like this, yeah. And it's like every, but every one of you, you, you know, probably should stand down because you're not going to win this. But I bring up the Penguins. I bring up Yager and what they're doing for Yager in, in so much as this. Again, it was before the internet, and even if you, you have an appreciation now, those teams and what they did to force a bond in the city for people who weren't even hockey fans. For people who had no idea about hockey, the way that they brought people together, those back-to-back -to -back cup teams, Paul, they're still – you know what it felt like? It almost was like when the Pirates had those winning years a couple years ago, oh, yeah. but the Penguins actually won. They won all the way. They kind of came out of nowhere for a couple years. The, I, 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 when I say the whole city went nuts – for every playoff game and then through the run to the Stanley Cup. <laughs> and they were playing that Hey song and they were they gave out those placards at the games that had that robo penguin that said Hey on it. Yeah. And it was crazy. What Yager and Lemieux and Coffee and all those guys did for and Barrasso did for the town, that if you remember back then, and that's why Yager needs to be appreciated, it Forced a bond in a communal spirit that was wild. Yeah, that that was uh, that was unexpected, but also you know, the Penguins were sort of just a, a kind of almost like a niche team. Right. You know? There was a, there Correct. was just sort of a cult in town that liked them. Then Lemieux came along, and then they put those teams together, and 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 it's funny the team that probably was the third like they would they should have won three in a row. The third of those teams that I think they got upset by the Islanders was probably the best of those three teams. But that ride and that run 
was unbelievable. Here's the other part, too. By the time hockey season got to the end of hockey season, it was warm out and school was out. Yeah. You know? And so it was, you'd be outside. Like the, the most important hockey games they'd play, you'd have shorts on. And it'd yeah. be warm. Yeah. So that became a big thing, too. Like, you, it wasn't like you're all cooped up, you're in the house. You're out and you're having – somebody's dragging a TV. And you'd have projection TVs <laughs> or anything. They're dragging a big TV outside. If you it, remember this, though, that period, 90 to about 95, mm-hmm. we had Pirates, you know, 90 and 91 and 92. Right. We had the Penguins won it a couple times. Good, won it twice, yes. And they had a a real chance to win it a third time. The Steelers had the one year they went to the uh, the, the Alfred Papunu, you know, losing to San Diego, and then the next year going to the Super Bowl. That that five year stretch is 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 pretty. It's not the seventies, obviously. What we saw with the Pirates winning two World Series and the Steelers winning four, but that little five six year stretch. Was a really fun time to be around Pittsburgh sports, which makes it, which makes you long for it now. And I always say this: whenever they're winning, like when the Pirates were winning a couple years ago, when the Steelers were making little playoff runs and things with Roethlisberger, you better appreciate the hell out of it while it's happening. Oh, absolutely! You know, you better appreciate it and understand it's not a given. Like it isn't at all. And those, I'll never forget those times playing a little league baseball game, not a little league baseball game, but a baseball game. Yeah. And then the Penguin game come on, and it's already the end of the first period when your game ends because it started at seven thirty. <laughs> and you're like, and it's a playoff game. It's a, a Stanley Cup playoff game, and it is just the craziest thing. And it just, I used to love watching. I used to love watching hockey games back then. And I'm going even further back before you. Mm-hmm. When the, you only maybe got to see the Penguins play five or eight times or ten times in a year. You know what I mean? Because right. it, it just wasn't hockey wasn't on TV that much. So when it was on TV, you had to watch it. It was on KBL back then, too. All right. Paul has some questions for me. Tomorrow, it has begun right now. The drinking has begun. The partying has begun. People are already boozed <laughs> up. I don't know if they're going to make it through the night. There's a very special uh, gathering that's happening right now, and we do need to discuss it because it will it will culminate in the morning, and I was there 365 days ago, and we need to discuss that. We'll take your calls, too, 412-928-9370 on that fan hotline, presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. All right, 412-928-9370. Fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. We'll talk Punxsutawney in just a couple minutes. First, we talk Breadman and Penn Hills. Hi, Breadman. Yager and those early Penn teams, man, had such an effect on me because every team here stunk. And then they finally, them and the Pirates brought it together. My dad built a PBC hockey net. I still have it, dude. I can't throw it off because the, the memories, man, in between periods, go outside, shoot off the, uh, the net in the front yard, go back in, watch the second period, go back out before the third. Those were unbelievable times because nobody ever expected the Penguins to be that good. We had Lemieux, but they could never put it together. And then when Yager and those guys came in, they got Trottier and it was unbelievable. Barrasso was unbelievable, but, uh, Everything changed because there were no ice rinks. I mean, you remember Golden Mile, Harborville? Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, there were only a few. So 
you know, they would go from like rink to rink. They'd go to Mount Lebanon. You could go watch them. It, it was it was pretty cool, man. And then the Pirates back then, just amazing, man. Sophie comes out and says we need we should build a, a stadium, and everyone laughed at her. You know, she was out of her time, you know, a little bit there, and it was a crazy time. But the Steelers stunk, like you said. I mean, Ouija Thompson and you know, those terrible teams. Eric Green was a really good player, but you know, kind of crazy. Yeah, it was tough. Time, man. It was tough. It was tough to be a fan. Thank you, as always, Brad, man. It was tough. And I hope people appreciate whenever teams are good and whenever they do get good and whenever they do make runs, especially in the playoffs, that it can go away. We're experiencing some of that right now, quite obviously. 412-928-9370. What did you want to ask me about Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania here, Paul? So I was going to ask you, what uh, what is it? Because we were on the inside last um, year. I mean, inside. What is it that uh, happens afterwards? Well, it's uh, it's actually before. But okay, you want to you want to know what happens after? Like, well, I mean, I, okay. All... So so you know, because last year when you were on, you know, uh-huh. you, you gave us a, a really good picture of you know the night before right? you guys were partying and hanging out at the bar and all that other stuff, and there was lots of people. After everybody just goes, oh, okay, there's the groundhog. Now we'll go back into town and drink some beers or go home. Because we've stayed up all night. But Punxsutawney, when people ask me, they're like, you had the inside. Like, you were with the guys that are like the handlers of the of Punxsutawney Phil. You were at the inner circle, I believe it's called. Those yeah. guys that wear the top hats. Right. You were with them. You were hanging out with them for a couple days. You were – it. you know what it really is? And, and look, I'm not like pulling back the curtain behind Oz or whatever. Well, it's one big joke that they – that they won't come off of. They that everybody in town or everybody that's part of that, it's one big joke where they won't give up the bit and it makes it hilarious. Yeah. Like there's no they know there's no science to this. They know that like when they pull out this scroll and the guy has his top hat on and he's like, Hear ye, hear ye, denizens of Punxsutawney. Yeah. There's nothing truly historical about that. Nothing truly happened in 1907 that really reverberated or changed the world. But it's a bit, a reoccurring bit, that they're kind of like, hey, watch this. Watch how we can get everybody to pay attention to our town again. Yeah. Because we're pulling a little, a silly ass uh, groundhog out it, of a hole. Like, we're going to lift them up. What was they're the, in on it. No, uh, so what... Here was my thing. You said it's like five miles away from the... Uh, that's the difference between the movie and the real thing. Right, right. And I guess in the movie, I don't watch movies, but in a movie, I, I saw a little clip of the thing. They pull the groundhog out of the stump, and it's in downtown. It's like in a, not an urban area, but a little town area, a little Norman Rockwell kind of town area, right? Right. That's not what happens in, in, in true Punxsutawney Phil. In Punxsutawney Phil, there's a town. People go down into town like we did, and get totally boozed up the night before. But and drink until I guess the bars close at two. Maybe they have dispensation to stay up later. I don't know. But whatever. But people drink and then go to house parties. But where they pull this thing out is a good <laughs> couple miles and from it's town. Called, it's is it like a field or what is it? Yeah, it's Gobbler's <laughs> Knob. It's up on top of this hill. And it is you know what it gives me? A much smaller, like Hartwood Acres kind of vibe. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, okay, I got you, I got you. Like that, but not, it's not nearly as big of a park, but it's like that. It's a grassy field with a little kind of amphitheater place. So they transport Phil up there. 
Now, he comes out of the thing, but it's just a big ruse. The other part, so I made it home last year, I don't know, like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I didn't drink a drop, which was a big upset. But I just, I needed to stay sober. I needed to drive. So I get all the way home, and I look on the national news and all over, and there's a couple guys that we know that we had just met like the day before, the afternoon before. I went up there early, and they're on. And my wife says to me, she goes, oh, my gosh, that guy's on the national news. He's reading that scroll and whatever, and they're showing this package. They're like, Punxsutawney Phil in this prediction is shown in New Zealand and in Japan and in Germany and whatever. And she goes, wow, that guy is on international news. She said, one, do you think this is real? I go, no, this is like a big bit. And she said, "What did, does one guy or whatever stay sober? That hand? I said, you see the guy that's <laughs> pulling the scroll out? Yeah. And she said, yeah. I said, he was doing fireball shots in my passenger seat <laughs> at 5, it's like 4.30 uh, in the morning. Well, so he's not, I said, you right there. See, where there's thousands of people crowded around him, he's not sober. <laughs> I was sick of the, it was what's funny was I, I was talking a little bit about this today on my show, you know, on my KDK show over there, and someone called in and said I was dead wrong to classify it as like a big party. He said it's not. It's not like people are getting drunk, and oh, no. uh, they're not people. There's nobody's getting sloppy drunk, and this and that. And there, everyone. No, just, everybody's happy drunk. Yeah. nobody's like fighting yeah, sloppy drunk. But but people are. Dr- I said, wait. I said, so you're telling me people aren't partying and drinking? He's well. It's it's a, it, they're a lot more responsible than that because they go back into town and there's wine sampling all over the. I said, well, if there's wine sampling all over the place, I would assume someone got. Right? The man who holds the squirrel, uh, the squirrel, the, 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 the groundhog. groundhog up, and then the man who had the scroll that reads, hear ye, hear ye, that is it of Punxsutawney or whatever. Those two gentlemen at 4.05 in the morning or whatever were doing fireball tutors in our living room <laughs> and went straight to the thing last year. Like, it, it, these weren't some down-the-liner guys. These were the number three and four hitters in yeah. the lineup well, uh, that, that were doing it. Well, let me ask you this. So, you know, this kind of uh, – did, did you see, like, did either of them – did any of them have, like, flasks? Yes, <laughs> they all that. did. And then here's the other part. The part that the best is – the best reason that this is a great joke. Right. And then here comes the governor walking past to go, like, shake all their hands and, and – I don't know if he's in on it or not, and <laughs> understands kind of the he, ruse. He, he, and in uh, state, there's like state he representative. Ever? No, he was not. He's he listens to our station though. His daughter goes to Pitt. Oh, Josh Shapiro. Yeah, yeah good. He, he was telling. He was like, I listen to your station all the time. He's my daughter goes to Pitt. I'm a big basketball fan. All this. I was like, yeah, great. Those guys you're about to go talk to, handle, they're, they're hammered. hammered. <laughs> <laughs> and in Punxsutawney, they probably didn't vote for you either. Right? <laughs> but so those guys are all hammered. Yeah. But then you have the governor. You have, like, the lieutenant governor. You have, like, the secretary of uh, agriculture because it's a groundhog or whatever. You know, you got all these important people. And I'm standing there wondering, and I'm stone sober, if they understand half of the the other half of what's going on here is annihilated drunk. Right. I didn't know. The dynamic was incredible. It's like a Scorsese movie. Yeah. What percentage of the crowd do you think is beyond 
you know, 0.15 blood alcohol. Oh, 105%. <laughs> Anybody who's of legal age and 80% of the people who you are. Know what? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's kind of funny? You brought up Yager before, and I, I wanted to throw this in when the guy was talking about how he came around. My first impre- my first I- interaction or impression with Yager, so he would have been about 19 years old. Uh-huh. Was believe it or not over at Chauncey's. <laughs> okay, let's go. You know what I'm saying? There's all these chicks. You know, like you go to Chauncey's because you want to meet females. Sure. We go over there, and Yager's there, and I, I forget he was who he was with, and you know, these chicks couldn't get enough of Yager. And he had a mullet too. Oh, he had flowing. a mullet and yeah. this and that. And I'm looking at him like, man, that kid. I'm, I, I was like, I, I, knew, I knew who Yager was, but I didn't know, you know, like who, you know what I mean? I knew the name, but right. I didn't know. Because it's not like today where there are these people. So I'm going to myself, I'm pretty sure if my math is correct, he ain't old enough. He ain't 21. <laughs> he ain't old enough to be in here. I said, but the dude can barely, he can barely stand up. He's probably taking about seven of them back to his whatever apartment it's he some is. Some of them are 45 right, years exactly. old. And I'm thinking to myself, that's when I became a Yager fan. That's why I said, now there's a guy who's going to live it up. And you know what? He's lived it up for the last 35 years or and 40 years. And he's still years, in shape and he's, he's still playing. in shape and he still plays. Back to Gobbler's Knob. Yes, though. though. Back to Gobbler's Knob. It is freezing cold. It's in the middle of nowhere. And I went in very apprehensive. Like, how much fun could this be? <laughs> it it was one of the best nights of my life to see. You know why? So how late did you stay up and how early did you have to get up? Oh, we slept an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, and then I woke up. Here's the thing. I didn't drink. If I were to do it again, I wouldn't I wouldn't get drunk like out of my mind, but <laughs> I'd have a couple beers. We got home from the bar at three something, and I think we woke up at four thirty. And you didn't drink? I did not. What did you do till three in the morning if you didn't drink? I talked to these guys. <laughs> but I do remember when I went to sleep, at, well, we ate. There was a big food buffet in this house we stayed in. But I remember going to sleep at about three o'clock. Yeah, we, we went to sleep at three, woke up at 4.30. At three o'clock, there was a man who had a top hat on that was standing in the middle of our living room. And he was drinking because they gave us a bunch of those. Remember, we had some deal with Montucky cold oh, snacks yeah, yeah, at the yeah, time? Yeah, yeah. They gave us like a case of that, which was not good beer. So this guy was smashing these Montucky cold snacks. That was at 3 in the morning. <laughs> he had at least a six-pack himself. Then I woke up. There is no way he slept in that 90 minutes. He was just sitting there watching TV, eating. I woke up. He had, you know those little fireballs that come in like a little little shot kind of fireballs? Yeah, oh, yeah. Absolutely. I still have I have a bunch of them just laying around. He, yeah, absolutely. He had three of those. <laughs> so he had a six-pack and then three of those in that 90 minutes. And then he looks at me and he goes, and there was breakfast that was made at this house. We had breakfast. And he goes, can I catch a ride over to the thing? And I go, well, yeah, sure, jump in, whatever. Then he ended up jumping in another car. We get to the place. We're setting up all our equipment because we got to do a radio show. Right. I looked up. He had like a special badge or whatever where he was allowed. He was <laughs> on stage, Paul. Paul, these guys are steaming drunk. When you see this tomorrow morning, there is no bones about it. There's no two ways about it. Don't let anybody fool well, you. Every guy in a top is hat it, is hammered. Is it true that the whole thing came about because you 
You said something like... Yes, I said it was a big front for a sex cult. A sex cult. Yes, and they <laughs> called. Did. Yes, they called and said, you need to come up. They said, we'll show you. Why uh, don't you yeah. come up and, and watch and yeah. see what we're all you about? You said it was a big... You called it a big front for a sex, sex cult. cult. Yes, that's uh, what I said and, it was. And, and, can I ask you where it, that came from? Like, I why? just... Because I, 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 you know why? Because I'm thinking, why? what are all these guys <laughs> doing, these silly top hats and whatever? I couldn't have been more wrong. It was the most fun time ever. Now, there may Did be. Did you ever s- find the sex cult? Or no, no? Uh-uh. I don't, it, one didn't exist. <laughs> there may be sex happening later. I don't know. See, if you if if, if you had to do it again, yes, that it, was our in though. Right. It was calling them was me calling them a sex cult. Right. Well, what I'm saying is, if you had to do it again, you probably I would. I would say you'd want to stay two nights so that you could just let it rip. Right afterwards, I would have started drinking at like. Nine in the morning, yeah. That morning and stay. Just let it rip for two days. You know what else would be a good move? I don't know if they allow it, but the best thing probably to do, and I don't know how Uber works, whatever up there, probably not real big in Punxsutawney. I would get you like rent an RV and park it up by Gobbler's Knob if you could, and then just shuttle down into town and then back up to the Gobbler's Knob and have like a home base tailgate party kind of up by that Gobbler's Knob. Right. But those do- That would be fun. That would be it. Those guys, some of the most accommodating, most fun, most incredible dudes ever. And it's just, it's one big joke. It's all, it's one big joke where they know the whole world's looking at them and they go, we got to, because it probably started with their dads and their uncles and their grandfather saying, we're just going to have some beers and have everybody think that this is real serious and it ain't. So, anyway, good time. Yeah. We'll see it tomorrow. You think it'll see its shadow? I think it's, we're going to, I've had more and more people tell me over the past week that we're getting another gigantic snow in this next month. So, that would mean he's not going to see a shadow? Or wait, if he sees it, that means six more we- year, weeks. I don't right? know either way. All I know I is it's everybody, everybody that was telling me that was hammered drunk. So, it is what it is. But the night before at the bars in town. Now, here's the other thing. Is you know who I saw? Terry Henry, former Butler football coach. I saw him at a bar. Why was he there? No idea. People that, go to hang out. So here's the here's the here's the question I would say to you: Does everybody like if you go in these bars, are they all wearing top hats and goofy outfits and things, or just the- not all? But a lot of people have on like a. Uh, a groundhog like tassel hat okay. or they're, they're, some of the girls will have like their face painted you know oh yeah they're all they're all about the bit they are but only a select few guys get to be in that club and they're all drunk right so yeah good time though real good time anyway good talk about that paul i yeah. like it yeah good yeah, topic I, like i said i i, I was just wondering what happens after don't that's let all. anybody try to make it real important i guess that's the takeaway right because it ain't it's just a big booze fest Listen to Cooking Joe, speaking of Booze Fest, uh, every Wednesday. Hear about Starkey's Card of the Week, Baseball Card Castle, and Cranberry. Contests run every Wednesday through Friday. Check it all out on our website, 937thefan.com. All right, here we go, 412-928-9370, 412-928-9370. I guess we should talk some sports. Um, 15 years ago, today, Super Bowl, Paul, Super Bowl. James Harrison running the ball back all the way. Uh, the a drive that's just an incredible drive. All kinds of stuff that happened in that Super Bowl. That was one where, and I had a question for you. I have a question for the listener too at four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero because everybody will ask where were you or what was a oh, great yeah. all all the yeah, spec up questions that I don't think are all that entertaining. If your team is in the Super Bowl, 
Would you rather, and your team is it wins a Super Bowl, would you rather it be a close game or a blowout? Would it? Would you rather it captivate you all the way through and sit on the edge of your seat, or would you rather them win by a lot and have it in hand and essentially coast home? Uh, I'd rather it be a blowout so I don't have to worry about it. I yeah. want them to win. I want to be celebrating by the second half. The other thing is I'll say this. If my team – okay. The team I root for, which there's not many, but if if my team is in the championship game, I'm watching it at home alone. It, let's get into that too at four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero. I have gotten to the point where I watch regular season Steeler games at home alone. I don't want there to in a Super Bowl. Right. Super Bowl synonymous with parties, right. gather with people, right. get out, do all kinds of things. Uh, I agree with you. I don't want to be beholden to other people's behaviors i don't want to be around a bunch of other people i just want to watch the game in peace um i want to i want to watch the game in peace number one number two whenever there's a play that goes one way or the other i don't want everyone's commentary i don't want to hear you know what you have to say i don't like all that noise when i'm trying to really focus and watch a game now like the you know the Chiefs game against the the 49ers I have no skin in the game don't really care. Uh-huh. So I'll go, I'm going to I'll go to a Super Bowl party with my buddies. I I don't really even I mean I I don't know about you but the game is almost secondary if you're if the if Super If you don't Bowl, have a team in it. Like the AFC NFC Championship games I'm into those games. I love them. Okay. Those games are great. The Super Bowl is sort of a party. It's like a unless your team's in it so I'll watch the game, sort of just kind of watch it, but I, I won't watch it as close as I watch other games. It's funny you say that. My next-door neighbor, Vince, said to me last night, I was out there, I was petting my man Rocco, uh, and he's Vince is his owner, right? And so Vince said to me, what do you got in the Super Bowl? What do you think? And I said, Vince, you know what? I'll be real square with you and Frank. And this is the way I feel because it's just, I mean, it just is. I'm just an honest guy. I said, I really don't care at this point. I just want to see points. I want to see them go up and down the field. I don't want to see, for some reason, 13-7 right. or something. I want to see 35-31. I want to see the ball go up and down the field. I want to see the athletes be able to be athletes, and I want to see points scored. That's where I am with this Super Bowl right now. Is that where you – Yeah, like, I mean, I just – I want to see – let's. and that was one of my things that I said about the AFC and the NFC Championship games. I, I wish they were all played on a fast track – Almost like a neutral field for them as well. well. I know the fans lose out of the – I get all that, but I want to see the best teams and the best players be able to make the plays. So in the Super Bowl, it's always in a fast track. It's always in a good track. To me, That that's what I would tell you. You know, they had talked about that, the, the championship games. Yeah. This was during the pandemic in different times. Should the AFC championship always be in Houston? And should – or, or well, yeah, no, I, uh, that, Atlanta. So it's an NFC place. And the AFC championship always be in Houston so that they wouldn't be able to host it. Right. Would that work? Or the have the NFC one in Indianapolis or somewhere, you know, a non-NFC city. I I like the ability of the team that has the regular season and a good regular season to host it all the way through. And, and you play yeah. for something. But I get what you're saying. You want to eliminate as many variables as possible that could that could have lesser teams make it, right? Right. Well, I, again, that and also like – I want to see the skill and the, the the speed and all that stuff of the best players 
in the biggest games really come to fruition. So you love like greatest show on turf. Like that's your teams like that. It's And again, it doesn't even have to be all offense. For instance, like some of those Steeler game, Steeler teams that were built, their defense was built on speed and getting after it and they made big high impact plays. I don't want to see that team playing in slop, sluck, mud. I wanted to see those guys being able to make plays and run and do the things they do and run and hit and all that great stuff. That's just me. I know there's a lot of people that 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 don't like that idea. Again, I was called soft for like an hour on my show over there because I kept saying they should put a retractable dome in some of these places so that we get the in the biggest games, we don't have, well, you know, it could be a a factor. The weather could be really a factor and this and that. And it looks like the steeplechase in the right. Penn Relays. I mean, right. I mean, I don't want to see that. I don't mind that during the regular season. But when it comes to the playoffs, I want to see the best players on the biggest stage on the fastest tracks. And let's go play some football. Sean's an Imperial. Hi, Sean. How are you? Hey, Colin. Thanks for taking the call. Uh wanted to, to focus on the Steelers QB situation. So, all right, we bring in Arthur Smith. I, I'm a fan of the the hire, but you know, time will tell. We'll see it play out. And, and right now, we have one QB on the on the roster. That's Kenny Pickett. And I I think it's extremely fair to say that Kenny was a healthy scratch out in Seattle, and and he he did not even dress. Was there's no reason for him not to be the emergency quarterback in that Seattle game. So I think it's fair to say he was a healthy scratch in that game. Mason took care of business. Goes on to Baltimore, and and by Mason starting that game, I would call it Kenny Pickett getting benched. Now we know Tomlin is a, is a politician and likes to play both sides of the fence, and he's he's looking to the future. So he wants to protect his investment with Kenny. But would you be satisfied if we go to Latrobe with just Kenny and Mason, or no? Not at all. Not at all. Here's the other part. There's been a lot of scuttlebutt about about Tannehill. Tannehill is a precarious situation and a slippery slope. Not because I think Tannehill's bad, and that's exactly the reason. Tannehill doesn't think he's bad either. (laughs) Tannehill's going to want to come here, and he's going to say, wait a minute, Kenny Pickett is not better than me. Why in the world would I go there? Why would I be here? Or Why would I show up? And if he does show up and they say, well, you're number two on the depth chart. I could see Tannehill and his people going, why? I'm better than him. Yeah. So that's why it's a precarious situation, I think, this whole talk about Tannehill. I don't think he wants to come somewhere where he thinks, yeah, I'm better than that guy. Right. And right. am I going to get a fair shake when I compete against him? Kenny Pickett being benched, and that caller, Sean and Imperial, I think is dead right. It was a benching. It was something where it was an ego uh, stroke. And there's no other way to look at but, it. But but here's the thing. It was really irrelevant to the big picture because Mike Tomlin made the decision, and it was the right decision, that because he was hot and he had won some games, their best chance of winning at the end of last season was with Mason Rudolph at quarterback. That was their best chance of winning. Right. So, you know, now we move forward. They're going to have Kenny Pickett as a starter, but I do believe if they went and brought someone like Ryan Tannehill, and he would have a chance to compete for the job. I say it. Here, I don't want to say it's an irreversible slide, but if you can't trust the guy who's supposed to be your starter in the games of most consequence at the end of the regular season and in your playoff game, 
I have a hard time trusting him as your starter to start the next season. That's just where I am. I don't know what he can show you in camp <laughs> right. or show you in the preseason. Right. If, and here's the other part, if we just saw a preseason where he was brilliant and then couldn't finish the season as the starter. So, like, what do we really – maybe we got fooled by preseason football well, last year. Well, we certainly year. did, but I think the thing about – well, some people did. I think the thing about it is, though, you're going to give him the entire offseason to get to learn Arthur Smith's, you know, uh, system and learn what he has to do and get better and figure it out and then go through training camp. You're going to – by by maybe about week five or six of this season, uh-huh. we're, we're going to know everything we need to know about Kenny Pickett. At that point, it's either we can no longer continue to try and, you know, make him the starter, or at that point it's like we have our guy, Yeah, I would think. And that's why you bring a guy like Ryan Tannehill in, let him compete. And if he wins the job, he wins the job. But if he doesn't, you just tell him, listen, hang 10 because – it's chance. There's a chance you could be the starter at some point. And they season. better be able to be uh, pliable with it and pull the ripcord if it doesn't work. Mark's in the car. Hi, Mark. How are you doing? Uh, we're great. Um, Thank you. How are yeah. you? Hey, I can't believe Paul doesn't remember high school and playing in the mud and all that. He that remembers. is the best thing ever to do. You know, and it should be that's football, you know. Football is played in different <clears throat> mud, ice, whatever. I just – I can't believe Paul would say that. Um, another thing, Kenny Pickett, um, he he was doing great. The last game that he went down and when he got hurt, he would have won that game. He would have won the next game. They would have been 12 and whatever. Um, where are you located uh, right now? Are you driving, sir? Yes. Where are you? Where are you driving from and to? <laughs> Does it matter? Well, yeah. I mean, you're, you, you. I, I listen to you. You can listen to me. Where are you going? Sure, sure. I'm heading towards West Virginia. Oh, what are you doing down there, sir? Uh, my daughter goes to school. She's a pilot. Oh, she's a pilot. She was she gonna she's gonna fly planes? Yes. How far along is yes. she in this uh, endeavor? She's a senior. Oh, wow. Does she have a job lined up? Uh, yeah, they want her to fly uh, fly from Fort Lauderdale to the Keys and back. And Just one time or every day? Every Well, whenever those uh, private pilots want her to do it. Oh, she's got a job lined up like at a FBO or something like that? Yeah. she. Well, she'll be based in Fort Lauderdale, and then she'll fly them back and forth. Wow. Wow, that's a great yeah, right? job. One of those planes, yeah. does, does she have any of those planes that have the, the do you have a dog with you, sir? No, no, no. Sorry oh. about that. No, that's okay. Sorry about that. That's my phone. What? But, yeah. You seem to be a very busy man, Mark. Are you sure you're driving and you're okay to drive? <laughs> There's not a dog in the background? What is that, a yeah, wolf? Well, yeah. No, nah, man, I pulled over. Did it? Did, did it? Did a dog jump in your back seat, sir? <laughs> it's, uh, it's all good. Yeah. No, I don't know uh, if it's all good. Uh, uh, where were you before you started to drive? <laughs> he was at Gobbler's Knob. <laughs> he was at the yeah Gobbler's Knob. No, no, where? Uh, with the guys close, doing fireball. I was close to that. Where, so you're driving from Central Pennsylvania to West Virginia? 
Holy Oh, there we go. Oh, oh he ruined it. 412-928-9370 is that number. I got to get a glass of water. Uh, I'll give you the weather. We'll come right back and talk lots of things. How about that guy? Do you believe his daughter's a pilot? Yes or no on that story? Uh, Given the bloodlines, no. <laughs> I don't believe that he has. I give it. I don't believe that there's someone with his genes that is intelligent enough to fly a plane. I give it a. How about the wolf in the background? There was definitely right? not a small dog. It was not. It was not a that? Pomeranian. Uh, I give it fifty-one percent no, forty-nine percent yes that she's a pilot. Uh, but anyway, fan weather. She'd be interested in the fan weather, that's for sure. Meteorology and, and being a <laughs> pilot all balled into one. Uh, it's brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. 2024 starts with great incentives. Trailblazer, Blazer, Equinox, and Silverado. And visit sunchevy.com. Tonight, cloudy with a little rain, low of 39. Friday, light rain in the morning, otherwise sunny. High 44, low 27. Sunny skies and temps in the high 40s for the weekend.